Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Deconstructing the Bible. I'm Jason Steffenhagen, the Associate Minister at The Well United Methodist Church in Rosemont, Minnesota, and we are glad that you are joining us on this journey as we look at the Bible and we do some deconstruction. And just as a reminder for those that maybe are jumping in midstream to this podcast, uh, deconstruction is simply the idea that as things have been constructed in our life, theology, the way we read the Bible, our interpretation, the way we find meaning, we may need to do a little deconstruction. We may need to take it apart a little bit. We may need to kind of separate things out and see what they mean and process and ask some good questions, raise some doubts, do a little wrestling with the text in order to reconstruct. And reconstruct just simply means that we we want to have a, a better, more co- holistic, cohesive understanding of this Bible that we love and we have as a guide for our lives. And so we're going to do a little bit of that today in episode three of Deconstructing the Bible. And the plan for today is to ask a really simple question. What is the beginning and what is the end? What is the beginning and what is the end? Because Oftentimes, whether it's what we read about in stories in the Bible, or whether it's movies that we watch, or books that we read, oftentimes the really simple beginning and the end is there's a problem, and then there's a solution, right? So we could have a movie, and you take Lord of the Rings, for example, and there's this ring, and it's full of evil and it needs to be destroyed. And so what happens? The Fellowship of the Ring needs to find a way to take the ring into Mordor and they need to destroy the ring. There's a problem and there's a solution. And we oftentimes uh, shape our lives that way. We have things come up in our life. We have problems and they need a solution. There's problems and they need a solution. And a lot of times that works out really well for us. It works out in our jobs that there are problems that need a solution and we're the person that can provide that solution. You know, one of the problems with education is kids don't know as much as they should, so we need to have teachers that teach them, right? There's a problem. Kids don't know everything. And the solution is educated teachers who can then teach the kids. And so there's a problem and there's a solution. And I think a lot of times we frame spirituality in that same kind of framework, that same problem-solution framework. There's kind of this old, um, normal way of trying to understand spirituality. And it's, there's a problem and there's a solution. And so some might frame the problem as there's sin and the solution is Jesus, or there's sin, and then there's the solution is grace. There's brokenness and destruction, and the solution is healing and redemption. And so we frame spirituality in terms of problem and solution. And in a lot of regards, that works, right? Because spirituality isn't just about theology or biblical interpretation. Um, our spirituality is about the way we engage the world. Um, with our souls and our spirits and our hearts and our minds and our, all of our strength. And so our spirituality touches upon these very practical things. And so it makes sense that there's times where there's problems and solutions. 
you know, for instance, it is a spiritual reality that things are not as they should be in our world, right? Things are not as they should be economically. That things are not as they should be um, racially. Things are not as they should be politically. And sometimes it's not just a political problem, just an economic problem, just a racial problem. Sometimes it's also a spiritual problem. How we interact with each other, how we know one another, um, how we understand the image of God in the other person. And so these seemingly worldly or human problems are also spiritual problems. But the thing about spirituality is that I think it can be really easy to frame spirituality as a problem and solution type of endeavor. And the way we see that most frequently in the Bible is when we read Genesis chapter 3 and we see the fall of humankind, right? Adam and Eve, um, they take from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and they instantly feel shame and God's, they hide and God says, where are you? And they say, we're hiding. And God says, why are you hiding? Because we're naked. Well, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree? I told you not to. And they're like, yeah, we did. Oh man, we made a mistake. And then God's like, all right, well, there's going to be some consequences for that. And ultimately though, there's going to be restoration through the cross, right? Through Jesus's death and resurrection, we know that there's going to be redemption and renewal and resurrection. And so we have this hope that even though there's a problem that sin has entered the world or there's brokenness within the relational dynamics between us and God and us and one another, we trust and believe that the, the death and resurrection of Jesus does something about that and makes a way for us to be in dynamic relationships. So there's a problem, sin, brokenness, and there's a solution, Jesus, the cross, you know, redemption, resurrection. And in a lot of ways, that is that can be really healthy. That can be a, a decent framework for how we understand things. The problem with that framework, the problem with that framework is that it assumes that there's a problem. It assumes that there's a negative. And the problem with a negative is that that becomes our starting point, is what's wrong. And so we're really not, we don't really have a picture of what we're moving into. We don't really have an understanding or a framework for what this is supposed to look like because we only know the starting point was broken. And so I would like to offer a different way of framing the story. I would like to offer a different way of understanding the trajectory of what we're all about when it comes to being spiritual beings, being people that are trying to live in dynamic rhythm with God and with Christ and with the Holy Spirit, with the Trinity. And that dynamic rhythm, that, that framework, is to say, what is our starting point and what is our end point? And I would say that our starting point is not Genesis chapter 3 with brokenness and the fall and, and with um, sin, but our starting point is actually Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, where we see this love and this dynamic goodness 
with which God creates humanity and all of creation and the cosmos and light and dark and God includes all of it and puts it all together and every day of creation is named good and on the sixth day God creates humanity and says it's very good. And so we have this goodness that flows throughout the beginning chapters of the Bible, the beginning chapters of this creation poem that we have this dynamic expectation of goodness. We have this foundation, this this framework of we are created good in the image of God. God created them, right? Man and woman, people, um, humankind, God created humans good. And then, yes, there is brokenness. And yes, there is sin. And yes, there is distance from God. And there is catastrophe and calamity. And there is hurt. And there is murder. And there is poverty. And there is racism. But the beginning of being human is not one that is broken, but is one that is good. And so when we face the trials and the hardships and the pain and the systemic injustices and the the systems that don't work in our world, whether it's economic or political or racism, or maybe it's personal, it's relationships that are broken, it's hardships within families, it's disease that we that we see, you know, hurting someone we love or ourselves, it's uh, addiction that causes so much pain in people's lives. All of these things are a part of the human experience. And so what the cross does and what the journey of sanctification, the journey towards wholeness does, is it's not just solving a problem. It's actually helping us understand who we truly are. And so when we ask ourselves, what is the story that we're a part of? What is the journey that we're on? It's not simply a journey of overcoming the problem, but it's a journey to get back to the foundation. It's a journey to unearth who we truly are and then to start to build again, to start to climb out of the hole that we've maybe created to overcome the things that have distanced us from one another, overcome the systems and maybe even create new ones that can bring about justice and wholeness and peace. The goal is not simply The goal is not simply to fix a problem, but the goal is to get back to this understanding of love and justice and goodness that we were originally created to inhabit. Um, You know, in the very beginning of the Bible, God gives Adam and Eve a job, and that job is to care for all of creation, to tend and to guard creation is a way of translating the Hebrew words there, to tend and to guard And I think one of the the things that we've seen throughout human history is that we haven't been great tenders and garters. We haven't been good gardeners of this beautiful garden that God has given us. Instead, we've ravaged it and we've used it and we've polluted it. And, And we could use that literally in the way that we've treated the earth. And we could use that metaphorically in the way that we've treated relationships with people, the way that we've categorized one another, the way that we've used power to keep ourselves on top as opposed to um, looking out for the needs of others. And so throughout the Bible, we actually see God calling people not to overcome a problem, but but to call them back 
into dynamic relationship to care for the widow and the orphan, to care for the marginalized and the oppressed, to care for those that are experiencing injustice. And so God does this amazing work through the prophets saying, don't you remember who you were supposed to be? Don't you remember who you were? Don't you remember? Don't you remember? Don't you remember? And it's not just don't you remember who you were when you were broken, but don't you remember who you were when you were in dynamic flow? Don't you remember who you were when it was actually humming? Don't you remember who you were when this was the way it should be? Because there's an expectation that this should be different. And it's not just different on the other side of eternity once we get to heaven, but it should be different now. We should be experiencing slices of heaven on earth now. And that's why the question of where does this all end, not just where does this begin, but where does this all end comes into play. Because the end of the Bible, Revelation, gives us this beautiful picture, both literally and metaphorically, right? We could see it literally as here's what the end is going to look like, but we could also understand it metaphorically about this is the type of relational dynamic that we're supposed to have. And the picture that we have is that there's this great city of God, that there's a new Jerusalem, and it's come down from heaven, but it's inhabiting earth, and all of the nations of the earth are gathered around the throne, and they are crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Right, and they are they are singing praises to the Christ, and they are um, they are expressing love and admiration because of the justice of God and because of the love of God. And it's fascinating because it says that all the nations are gathered. Well, how would the author know that the nations are gathered if there wasn't? diversity within the gathering. And so even the things that we think divide us, the things that we think separate us, the things that keep us apart, they're actually brought together in unity. There's diversity in our unity. We may have unity, but it doesn't mean that we're still not a diverse people able to celebrate and to have uniqueness in who we are, even as we share a common love and a common justice and a common hope and a common faith. And so the end of Revelation paints this beautiful picture of diversity within unity, but it's all centered around this shared faith that we have that justice and hope and love are going to win in the end, and that God is going to be worthy of our praise. And so the question becomes, do we take Jesus seriously? Jesus who prays, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because I think that there's a story, and it's not a story of it was bad and one day it will be good. There's a problem that needs a solution. There was sin, but now there's grace. But instead, I think that the story, the beginning and the end are it was good, it was good, it was good, it was really good, it was very good. That is our foundation. And yes, we do mess it up. Our choices do matter. We can experience brokenness both in the systems of our world and in our individual lives. But Jesus says, the brokenness ends with me. The brokenness ends with the cross. This is the end point because I will lay down everything just as you will lay down everything to show love and to show hope and to show faith and to show justice. And so, Where does that lead us? It leads us to the end where we see the reconciliation of all things, the renewal of all things. We see the resurrection of all things to the point where there is diversity in our unity, but we have a shared faith and hope, and we can see the fruition of that 
in the celebration of God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so, the question is, what is the beginning? What is the end? How does this start? And how does this end? Because if we're just a solution, we're just looking for a solution to a problem, I think we're going to fall short because we're going to focus too much on the problem. But when our story is one of goodness and love and hope that overcomes and works through and collides with and wrestles with and, and, and heals the brokenness and then moves into unity and hope and love, now that is a story worth telling. That is a story worth inviting someone into. That is a story worth reminding someone they are already living because we are all living that story. We are all people who know deep down inside that there is goodness. We know it's there. Why? Because we're made in God's image. We know that it's there. The question is, are we getting back to it? Are we being reconciled? Are we being renewed? Are we being resurrected as Christ has called us to? So, episode three, what is the start? What is the end? What is your story? What are you writing with your life? Hope and grace be with you as you go. Thanks. Thank you.